0: just come to the table, pass me that pot. Just pass the pot. They'll take their own. If they want to take, yes, I think it's, is it 10 or 16 people on the table? I think 16 people on the table. One person is supposed to take one piece of meat or one piece of fish. The senior can come and just take four pieces of fish, carry his food and walk away. The rest of you will share the rest if you people have their quorum on your table somebody else would say okay now we're going to now try and share the rest Mm -hmm. and if people don't have the quorum some children of the world would just say senior kiniko has taken his own food they'll just dip their plates dip their kinikon take and the next thing some people end up with no food
1: hello and welcome to another episode of music and nostalgia i am excited to be here with you it is i your host dakwa peters And we're here to just do what we do, talk about music and some nostalgic moments. I'm fortunate to have, I don't, she has so many titles and so many nicknames that I have to like rummage through to figure out which one to call her. But fortunately with all of those titles, I think the best one is she's my cousin and just a brilliant individual. I'm excited to bring to you today, the Dr. Folake Lawal. The superstar. I, I don't even know where you are right now. I think you're in 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 Ohio right now. Akron, is it? Yes. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. How's it going today?
0: I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Indeed. Glad to be here. Always good to have connect and have amazing conversations.
1: Indeed. Look, we have enough in our family group chats that this should be quite exciting and interesting. Yeah. And I know you're you're in Ohio it's for some business stuff. He left hubby at home for the weekend. So I'm sure he's fending for himself quite well in DC. So I, I think I want to start with what you're doing just to give people because I already called you doctor in the beginning. And as we have many names for you, is it Dr. Dre, Dr. Doodles, the list goes on. Uh, but what kind of medicine do you practice? Because I know you've been uh, in that field for quite a while.
0: Yeah. I'm an infectious diseases physician. I did my medical education in Nigeria. I did my internal medicine residency in Baltimore, Maryland, and then infectious disease training in Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. And since 2019, I've been practicing as, you know, an independent practitioner, which is As a physician on my own, I worked in academic medicine as an assistant professor for a little bit, just under a year, and then needed flexibility, family, and then relocation. So since 2020, I've been doing um, locums, which is a temp, kind of like a temp position, but it takes me travel to where the work is. Mm. So I've been traveling for work as a physician since summer of 20.
1: How does that work for you? How does that, as a part of your lifestyle, how's the functionality of that and the feeling of having the opportunity to travel all over the country?
0: It's half and half. It's great because one, you get to travel and Mm -hmm. just explore. As a physician, for me, being able to experience other health systems, what works best or better in each place is always amazing as an individual on my lifestyle. When I started it, it was amazing because when I'm at work, I know I'm at work, either it's two weeks or three weeks or one week. And then when I'm at home, I don't owe anybody my time. So Mm. I'm able to do other things that I'm interested in, which I do have my hands in in quite a number of parts. (laughs) So I'm able to do all of that. And so it gives you the flexibility where you can condense your work. And as a travel physician, I you're able to make a little more,
1: just, a lot just more. small, small change. <laughs> just small.
0: Yes. You're able to make extra change than, <laughs> you know, if you were employed and a W. 2 Obviously, you have to structure your business in a way that you're able to give yourself benefits through your business or whatever it is, but... The flexibility is key unfortunately for me the flexibility it gave me then is now different from the flexibility i need now so i want to reduce my travel around the country and to be able to do more remote work so i'm looking for i've gotten a few local gigs because we're now in the dmv area to get a few still locums you know where i'm feeling but i'm picking up Shifts and hours, and I don't have to travel far, and then try to get like maybe something else that's remote.
1: Okay, good, good. Okay, so just for our, I know our domestic people might catch on to what DMV is, but DMV for people all over, because we're global, this show is all over the world. And so for the DMV people, that's DC, Maryland, and Virginia area in in the United States. So, how long have you been in the in the D.C. area?
0: Now it's about this is March. Five months that I've been back. Yeah, I was, I was here for I was there because right now I'm in Akron, Ohio, for work. Yeah. but I was there for about six years before I moved to Georgia in summer of 2017, and then we moved back in 2020.
1: Well, we enjoyed the little time that we got to spend with you while you were here in Georgia, even though you were you were way out way down there in the boondocks there in augusta
0: it was far from everyone
1: oh gosh yes i think we stopped through one time when we were driving from yes, south carolina yes, by and we went,
0: what's the name of this place is it something froggy hollow froggy tavern or uh, no yeah, I don't know mellow mushrooms
1: yeah. Oh yeah. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, I don't even remember. I, I All I know is we had pizza and that Tina was happy about that. That's all that mattered. But yes, medical field, out of curiosity for for those that might be thinking, uh, oh, medical field, what drew you into the medical field? Like what spoke to you as a child or growing up? Because I know medicine is something nobody just falls into and say, oh, I'll do medicine. You typically have a mind that this is something you want to do. Yeah.
0: For me, I feel like it was spoken into my life. That is how I would describe it. I lived with my grandma for the I think after I was one year from like year one mm. to nine to ten years old before I went to boarding school. And she was in her I remember, but she probably was in her like maybe late fifties, sixties then. I know grandma has like a little knee pain, a little yeah. back pain. Mm. And I would use Rob and then gay and things like that to massage her and I think I lived with her, I was probably, I was the only grandchild living with her at that time. Different people would come at different times, holidays, it was always exciting to have everyone over mm-hmm. but I, it was me and her and that was another thing that we bonded on amongst many other things and she, in, during one of those, that the first time she said it during one of those massages was, I take very good care of her, the way I take my time and massage and that it just feels very good. And she believes I would make a good doctor the way I take care of her and the way I take care of people. And I smiled and I laughed because she has this older brother who is a Dr. Malaki and he's very well respected. So I, it was like very amusing and very nice that someone you love, you respect, and their word is literally like law in your life says, Hey, you're going to be good at. This thing that this great person does So I, it never left me So that was like my first encounter And I was just like Okay, so I'm going to be a doctor I'm going to be a doctor you know. <laughs> and then growing up You get to secondary school And there are detractors Not detractors, per se But I don't reach in, I don't want to say I was an unserious child But everybody's playful You, you know, everybody sure. had their playfulness I'm, ex- I'm extrovert I'm extroverted People know me generally as an extrovert So you're playful You're young And I was smallish I didn't have my growth sports Till I was like in year Year one or year two college or university mm, yeah. so i was tiny i had a big fast sharp mouth like everything everything was all uh, was extra i don't know. yeah everything was extra about me and by the time you're in junior school which is like year nine people are like oh that's when everybody starts deciding or starts committing like when we return next year i'm going to sciences i'm going to art and i was like oh, i'm going to sciences and everybody was like girl you too playful. <laughs> Science students are serious. You ain't serious. Like you don't read. I pass. You don't read. Mm. And then I was like, it doesn't matter. I can do it. And then when people are trying to convince you, so they start layering the argument. So oh, yeah. aside the you part, I'm like, nah, the me is not the problem. And they were like. But science class is very hard though. Science class is very, very hard. See, this one that is always coming first, he's always redeemed. This one that is coming second, he's always redeemed. Ah, I said, I don't want stress for my life. So I said, okay, I think I'm just going to do art class because I, I was debating commercial class, which what they call it was like business related. I was like, economics is nice, but nobody has time for this accounting. Okay, it's just not me. So I'm going to go and do arts, with this government, English literature. It was that literature that moored me. Because when we went to, Summer classes, <laughs> and they made everybody take all the. You take everything, and then at the end they test you to try to guide you. Right. They tested me physics. I, I dusted it. Chemistry, biology, I dusted them. My teachers were happy. They now brought English literature. How the English? Go? I think maybe I got. Did I get three over ten or thirty <laughs> percent? They were asking me, "How many quinine is in a sonnet?" or something about a prose. Oh, And the problem was I never took those classes In junior school Because mm. I wasn't planning On going that line So I'm like So when they were saying it It was just flying over my head I'm like This one that they say is hard Is my jam But this other one So I didn't I I just I didn't do well And the guy, they were like Oh yeah You said you wanted to do An art class This inter- English literature and I said oh, That boy you are good at physics Of course it was like Kindergarten physics <laughs> But I know At home In my house Is like The mantra is everybody's doing a First degree, and the belief is that with sciences you can branch out and do anything. You can always pivot into anything or change or whatever. I think there was like a or there is like a my children must be doctors or study medicine that was going around
1: because engineer, what is it? Accountants.
0: Yeah, so it was like engineer accountants. You know, so people who in my house were. Trying I remember my youngest sister, they watch movies and then she'll be like, I want to be an ice princess. Even us were looking at her like,
1: <laughs> First, go and get ice in Niger.
0: <laughs> and then the parents would be like, What? And then the I think the ice princess girl also used like math to calculate and improve her spinning because it was like a ballet whatever. And mm. she was like, oh okay, okay, okay. I, I think I'm going to do eh uh, something something engineering or whatever that that girl went for. We're mm. like hey uh, that, that is that one, not the ice princess part. It's that other one. So. There were my by the time I was growing up my household had this yeah studying medicine thing so even though I wanted to go and try the art class the parentals I know no side of mine is gonna do that but I think it does suit me well because naturally I'm a I'm I'm a caring person not sure I'm an empath. I think either I just discovered that part of myself and I just found the name for it. I've had patients that when I'm leaving a practice, there are a few handful of patients that if we saw each other now, honestly, we would rush into each other's arms on the road in the middle of nowhere. Because when I was leaving the practice, our last visit ended in with each other crying in each other's embrace. Mm -hmm. Like I can see the women, even the men, like we're not hugging, but they're grabbing your hand like, dog, I'm going to miss you. No you took care of me. I haven't got, and this is not just, this is not just people who look like me. That's awesome. So, and those things are very touching and uh, in the, as crazy as medicine, as frustrating as it is, those moments actually make it like, I know it's crazy out here. I know it's draining. These things give you, speak into your life. And I worked in, I mean, infectious diseases, I take care of HIV patients. So I take care of people also who are in the LGBTQ. lbg lbgtq iap i'm trying to say all the alphabet black women black men white men old white men because Mm -hmm. you know how the spectrum is like older white male are like They are conservative. They have their views. And then young black woman, you're like, and then I'm a hijabi. I'm a Muslim man. I wore my hijab and it made no difference. Of course, I don't carry my religious beliefs into and say, don't do this, don't do that. If I'm telling you don't do this, then it's directly for your health. The community, and I've had patients also from that community who gave me glowing, glowing reviews. One person actually heard I was leaving and sent me an email. Like I sent it to my husband and he was like, wow, you should bring this. It was like in my 10 years... You are the best doctor I have had in my entire life and this like this guy is white southern male ginger hair gay guy like how oppos- how much more opposite could we be so <laughs> it's, it pains me because I'm trying to transition out of clinical medicine mm-hmm. but I would definitely hold those moments close and I would try to take that energy that feeling that service into what else I'm doing because you touch people's lives and you just don't know how you impact them Yeah,
1: you, you, you said something um, a few minutes ago that i glazed over but it just hit me that most people probably don't know what this life is like you said you live with grandma and right about nine or ten you went off to boarding school most people in america for sure would be like what at nine maybe
0: british people maybe people in england Yeah, yeah get it a little bit yeah
1: of course but in the states be like boarding school, like at nine. Tell a little bit about what that experience is like, because in Nigeria, that was normal. It, 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 When we were kids, that was almost, it was a, you were begging to go to boarding school at certain points because you knew that's where. Tell a little bit about that part of your journey because that's it's really intriguing to me I didn't get the full experience of that
0: so for me I, I went to boarding school young and in a way I could say really young because I think I remember I went to boarding school in year six seven eight Eight, in year eight, I had done GSS one somewhere in day school and my dad wanted me to go to boarding school. So they moved me to boarding school somewhere in Ketuei Jiren It is kind of literally in between when you go on lekki Express and you get to the point where you turn to Ekber, I think turning to Ekber is right. Turning towards Ikorodu is left. It is in between that Ikorodu, ex- that way to Ikorodu, somewhere in Agbowa, Imota, whatever it is, yeah. some <laughs> village school. So I went, I was like, I was 10. I think I was 10 by the time I was starting because first term had begun and my birthday is like middle of the year. So first term had begun somewhere in like Q, Q4. And I was small. So again, like I said, I had my growth spurts. Much later I was tiny hmm. But I don't even think My own tiny Was alarming Like there were By the time I was getting to JSS3 and SS1 There were smaller kids But in Nigeria For parents It's like First People have kids More than four kids In the US too But for parents It's like An avenue to Not have to go Through the school Drill every day And they're able To focus But I think As a child It, it tests you Because You are in here environment because you know when you're in day school you go to school for eight hours you still come back home your parents get the chance to depend on how involved they are see what's changing what's going on at the end of the day or on the weekend and there are some fancy schools now that do weekday boarding so Monday to Friday you're sleeping in the school Friday evening your parents pick you up and they drop you up either that Sunday night or Monday morning for school. But for those who are like real fully boarded for the term, which is like to 13, 12, 12, 13 weeks, you're there. And it depends on what your parents putting you or what your innate personality is. You're in peer pressure and you it, it forms you. It forms a lot of who you are, yeah. your friends. The experiences very different schools. Like I said, my school was quite bush. And ah one of one one of the good experiences is when I especially when I first started before they changed our principle, we have, we used to get these watery beans with beans wevo. Uh, mm. uh, give your each table they give a table, a pot, the beans is watery. And you use your spoon to, and it will just be pouring and you see your black beans weevil sleep swimming on top of it. and i think they would give us gary or we would bring our gary and you will have to use that gary to thicken it to put it and then sometimes they because they put you in eating tables they distribute you so there's half boys half girls it was covered for me yeah some are single gender Mm -hmm. but it was coed for me and then depending on who you have on your table if you have all these hungry hungry seniors are cheats who don't care they will just come some seniors will just come to the table pass me that pot just pass the pot they'll take their own if they want to take yes i think it's yes is it 10 or 16 people on the table i think 16 people on the table one person is supposed to take one piece of meat or one piece of fish the senior can come and just take four pieces of fish carry his food and walk away the rest of you will share the rest Wow. If you people have the quorum on your table, somebody else would say, Okay, now we're going to now try and share the verse. And if people don't have the quorum, some children of the world would just say, Senior Kiniko has taken his own They'll just dip their plates, dip their kiniko, take, and the next thing, some people end up with no food. Wow. Yes, yes. And then 10, you have to have this. there's a lot of bullying and the idea of school mother, school father came up. Mm-hmm. Or is there and is really strong where you have a senior that takes a liking to you. A lot of times it's a positive, there's been negative things attached to it. Seniors who use that to groom for some predatory things, it happens. But for the most part, honest. I I don't... Actually, I don't know about the boy side, even though I never heard in my school. Mm. Uh, But for the most part, like, school daughter, school father, school daughter, school son, school mother, things like that, was generally okay. And ah, if you get the protection of a senior, there are some seniors that nobody will touch their school daughter or school son. Mm. Nobody will send you stupid message. Me, my main school father was a very gentle person. Like, he's nice. He was... I think because I have a sharp mouth, the, the female seniors didn't really take a liking to me. I don't know. Or maybe we just didn't click. Or maybe I just didn't find someone who clicks with my personality. Mm-hmm. But Senior Benga Giwa Moye, very calm and kind. And his peers respected him. So even though they don't fear him and they wouldn't mess with you out of fear. And they'll say, Oh, na bring a school daughter with that. Give my just leave her, leave her, don't worry. Kinny Kokini Kong. Or if I say anything, na, said I should come. They don't be like, okay, give her. You know the and you were small also. So they would let you. Yeah. I remember I had one, one memory of when I wasn't feeling well. He had this friend also who spiced everything up. He was, he was quite effeminate, Senior Bodé. I can't remember his last name, but Senior Baudet. And he was very, he speaks, he's very dramatic, very animated. So he makes everything fun. And the two of them were friends, which was weird. Like this very quiet, summer person. And then there's this very lively person, but they made a good combo. Yeah. And But I remember one time when I wasn't feeling well and I couldn't wash my clothes. I had malaria or something. I couldn't wash my clothes. I couldn't do anything. When I washed my clothes, he told me to go and bring, yeah. He told me to go and bring my uniform, my everything, my underwear. He picked everything. We sat somewhere that was everybody was allowed and he washed everything. He squeezed it. Then he called another girl to please help me carry it and help me spread it. I should follow her. So I know where it's drying. And then he fetched the water for me, gave it to a boy to carry it and follow me. And that when we get to the place that boys cannot go past, he should find someone to carry it and follow. There's some experiences like that will just stick with you forever. Like he took care of me, lunch break, he would send for me. If I couldn't leave my classroom, he would send food to me, send me snacks, all of that. So that was really nice. That's and awesome. then of course you have some bad experiences mm-hmm. and i remember another when i first got there before i started getting there were two people who potentially could have been my school fathers but i think they were just so serious they liked me they would see me and say hi one was something Chocolat. the other guy they called him Boxy, and i don't know why one thing i clearly remember about him was when he was dancing and he's dancing at, he starts dancing around the girl and he does like this and he circles the person <laughs> <laughs> they called him on Saturdays is this yeah saturday nights they we, we had like social nights so everybody you take chairs from the classroom to the hall the halls didn't the halls were there they didn't have chairs so seniors instead of them to carry their chair of course you'll just stand there then they will say like, i don't like this chair i don't like this, i like this chair you drop your chair so i went to carry my chair JJ, scrawny little me and then one big this and this way when you're small you're seeing all this because now i keep thinking did those people appear really big they appeared really big to me then and they were like you bring your chair and i first of all paused i looked at them like how can you be asking me to drop my chair i looked at them and they were like "Ah!" i said drop your chair don't carry another one and i slammed the chair i slammed the chair i hissed and i stomped off and then they got i think people would dare i didn't know them i just knew they were big i knew they were seniors I'm like, this is bullshit, it's just nonsense. And I showed it and they called me back. I think one of them, it was Sunday Shopala that called me back. And he was like, sorry, tell me something. He just said, Tell me something. That uh, don't worry. And he tried to make nice with me. And I was just like, mm, mm, Yeah, okay. too late. Now. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he was trying to get me to come and sit around them or get me, I don't know. I can't remember. But I ha- I have them. But that was when I first got there. So I, it's an environment where it brings out like your personality, mm-hmm. whatever value you've been taught at home it really puts them to the test Uh, and I think in places like that really showed my feistness because I was small even my classmates bullied me one of my classmates has slapped me before like hot slap hot slap (laughs) oh my lord she still became my friend she will not let any other person mess with me (laughs) but she slapped me
1: (laughs) She had to make sure
0: you guys could hang. We were not even, I don't think we were in junior secondary. We were in excess. SS. Yes, but so I was very small. But ah, as the daughter of my mother, if I cannot fight my mouth, I will tell you how I feel. I will tell you. So for me, I think that really solidified that very feisty part of me. In fact, when they were picking prefects, I remember somebody gave me feedback that they had in staff room one day that they wanted to make, they wanted to put my name in the ring for a prefect position because we had like senior prefects, male, senior male and female, senior prefects, labor prefects, Yahoo prefect time prefect chemical prefect whatever. And one woman came up. Funny thing is, thinking back, that woman, Miss Mustafa or Mrs. Mustafa, she also had a boob boob mouth. She was also quite lousy. And she was like, Ah! That's girl. You cannot put her name. Right, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like people mm, me I don't want because when they are punishing everybody in school, prefects get double. Oh,
1: yeah. I don't
0: want. Prefects have, I don't I don't want so let me just be cruising and be going. So <laughs> it was quite an experience I do have some friends that I keep up with, very few actually. Yeah. But it was quite an experience cause you see things, you will hear things. Yeah. People do things. Not you know, people bad. be getting suspended for jumping fence. I just never had deliver. I was asked where I know that I'm a good child. No matter what I do, I'm a good child because <laughs> people will jump fence, go to town just to go and eat some rubbish food or go and whatever. Of course, again, there's opportunity to mess with boys and you will hear all sorts and everything, but mm. yeah, but... It was, it was still a good experience it's always colorful
1: of course so let me ask you this I already know that school days part of the bonding that we have when we're is just some of the activities that we have and we do are there any songs that you can remember whether it's made up or whether it's some local ones that you guys use as a part of your school days mem- school day memories any funny ones Ew. that you can pull up?
0: when you mentioned that the first song that came to my mind was Candy Rain but okay. then you now said that was made up
1: it can be real or made up, either or, you know.
0: Ah, Candy Ring. Hey, have you ever loved someone? That song. And people would come and they would do miming and all of that. And then that was when this, the Young Jacksons, those C yeah. 3 they had their song to around that same time. But there, there's always like folk songs and local songs. Mm-hmm. I remember on like when you're going to do competitions or whatever, there's a song. Is it competition? The song that they would sing. Let me try and remember it's in yoruba i just remembered one french song that our french teacher tried to teach us Long like the child who eyes or disrespects its her he's or her mother poverty and whatever will be your friend to the end or something like that yeah, so she changed that's... she translated it to french and she told her that's the only part i remember um <laughs> mama mama qui a puté bien papa bien qui par la <laughs> i remember that and then there's this... I need to go find the uh, lyrics for that one. I know. And then there's this song that they would sing that we used to praise some teachers when they got awards. And, o o he was the principal when I was there. Yeah. Yeah, that came in. And I left him there. And then they would sing... Then then there is a... There, there was a, our English teacher. He was nice-ish. And I say nice-ish. Because he was mostly stern and that man, you don't want him to beat you. A Nigerian body house, one thing is they will beat you. Depending if you go to them Green Springs and France, and maybe in the two thousands or two thousand and tens, they don't but beat you your right school now. Was eh? Bush. They sang so it was his own because he's lighter in complexion. They say <laughs> be so for the dark guy, we would sing Adon, which is the one who is dark and shiny Sorry and me. glowy. Mm. And then Aquambe Pore, the one who is fair, like <laughs> oil, like palm oil, or something like that. <laughs> oh, when we were exercising, respectful. they would do we would do their songs. Man, I remember one day my class was I was in SS2, and then there was a class that was in SS3. Mm-hmm. And there was this senior girl that was talks that there, there were talks about goings-ons mm-hmm. and i know that it was saturday morning yeah it was saturday morning and people had heard wh- there were whispers that friday night she was in a jiggy <laughs> so next thing we were jogging saturday morning next thing and then next thing people were saying baiso baiso mm, baiso went to the market mm, to buy some banana <laughs> and then her classmates. She had this. That one was doing senior. She had this classmates friendish. That one was naive or trying to form. Like, How can they be singing that song? A song about her. <laughs> I'm Like if you know what she's doing, all oh, this, you know what they say she's doing. But her <laughs> and the girl they went to report to this uh, sports master, and he was like, he couldn't beat us. He couldn't actually punish us <laughs> because he saw the humor in it. So he just he just warned us. So we now went back and we're like talk peo talk.
1: Change the words, but the meaning was again. still there.
0: She didn't collect banana. <laughs> so so that was interesting. There was some other there's a water song. We play football. Our school got into the finals of the Principals Cup. It was very interesting. Very interesting. Well, men, the... talking about the beating. Ah, I remember one teacher beat me. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> this man, and the, we, there are different canes that they use. And mm. people who are in Nigeria would know this. Mm-hmm. There are some canes that look like they have a bamboo like structure. You can peel strands, salams tend to have it. And then there are some that there are some canes that are stem, all of them are stems of a tree, but there are some that are stems that you can see that it tapers out. And they're supposed to, so those ones usually have a dark bark, right? Mm-hmm. They're supposed to trim off the from the main stem. This Mr. Kono uses fat, thick, brownish canes. I don't know what's in god's name we did this man beat us and he's usually in his lab a greek lab somewhere whatever never really interacts with like men everybody mm-hmm. for some reason we crossed this path hey this man beats me i remember my hand i don't even know how come i don't have a scar i know that he wow. beat me and one of the the stem shootouts or something mm-hmm. pierced my hand and tore open a part of my palm that for a while I couldn't straighten my hand.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And someone, yeah, and someone had to tell me, like, no, you need to start straightening, otherwise, you would have now what I now know as contracture. And nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to him. My parents came, and different people react to things differently. Mm-hmm. What me, I shan't know, shall is that if my mother had heard that, somebody's going to die. <laughs> But <laughs> well, my mom didn't hear so we'll leave it at that. Nothing nothing really happened to him but the beatings. The beatings. I yeah. remember the teachers. Different, they all had different personalities. I don't even like a lot of them, their names and their faces are coming to mind. The economics teacher, the business studies teacher, the one who tries to form like, hey, I'm nice, but if I beat you, if I discipline you and everybody's oh god, beg. we know the people where we defier. Um but it was it was a, it was a good experience. It was yeah. forming.
1: So I know, yeah, I remember. Going, cause I didn't go to boarding in Nigerian boarding school, so I didn't have a lot of those experiences. But I remember when I would be finished with my school in Jos, I'd come to Lagos, and then we'd go to school like summer school, in essence, with 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 a day school, so that we we were getting school year round, in essence. And I remember the second or third week, I was at this one school, I because. Obviously, because I wasn't a regular student there, me and my friends, we didn't have uniforms. So I remember we had to, we had to go in our regular clothes and we became like targets immediately. I remember this one guy, Senior Shegu, was like, he was this short, bow-legged guy, but he was one of the feistiest people out there. And for some reason, we be, we were in, I was in his sight lines, me and one of my friends. And the both of us were in the same class. But he was a senior, but he found his way into our class and got us in trouble that, that We had to be caned. And it was one of those canes, really flexible, bamboo-like, real skinny. But you can bend it and it won't break. (laughs) Yes. And I remember putting my hand out. And me, I don't like any kind of beating so like I stayed away from anything that would cause it but when that day happened I remember it told us to kneel down and extend our hand I took my first I took my five licks and I remember looking directly at the teacher the whole time just not yeah, blinking me. and he was just looking at me like he got angrier with each stroke but because I was so annoyed because I knew I had nothing to do with what they were saying I was annoyed and for the first time I didn't break and I just kept staring at him the whole time and the only reason he stopped is because I knew that he knew the principal and my mom were really close friends so he could only what was i guess he stopped because that's logically fair within the parameters that he can defend himself like i was disrupting class when that happened the whole time i just kept i remember i just stared at him the whole time now after i left i was looking for senior sharing i was like let me find not like i could do anything because again in his territory but i remember i just felt that rage i wanted to find a way to to revenge. And every year I'll come back, I'll be looking for the guy. Obviously as a senior, he was gone. But that he was, was cool. it was in me. I was like, if I see that guy today, today twenty twenty two, I'll remember him. And it just I never encountered him after that. But that was one I was so enraged about. So that those beatings, my yeah. mineral experience, I was yeah. always so annoyed at, at it. And it just it never rolled well with me. So it, when I would see or hear people getting beatings, I'd be like, why? Mm-hmm. yes so, yes. In so fact,
0: talking about like remembering a senior i just remembered one senior Akingbala. I, I shouldn't be saying people's names maybe yeah you yeah
1: I, I was like you're spilling all the tea today like everybody will, will... i know
0: her name was Bosse. she was maybe a year or two years my senior she was a mm-hmm. mean ass they made her sports prefect or something saturday morning we're supposed to go for jogging if you sleep Five minutes passed. She would come into your room, pour water on your head. Just oh my she goodness. was just reckless. Ah. Like I remember one particular Saturday that she just maybe I wasn't feeling fine. I don't even know what happened, but she just came and she just messed with me. The funny thing when I started year one, which is how I didn't like whatever her, but life just humbles you. In Nigeria, it's not it's not like the U.S. where you want to go to college and you get into college as you leave high school. Yeah. This one is jammed and is if you get admission. So Mm -hmm. I, funny thing, even though I didn't get into college or university, the immediate year I got out, I waited a year. I had a gap year-ish. And she had graduated a year or two before me. I think two years, in fact. We were on 100-level line together.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: We were on 100-level line together. And I was just like, look at God. (laughs) But again, I'm a good child of God. And I was still tiny-ish, so... Just so uh, I'm like, and everybody went their way. And I was in line for medicine. She was in line for some other thing. So uh, by Nigerian standards, medicine hmm. is at the top of the line. Of course. <laughs> of course. So I was like, I don't need to I don't need to say anything to you. I don't like just me being here with you on this line. One, two, me being on the medicine faculty line and you being in some other line, girl.
1: Yeah, yeah, much I, taller than her you.
0: You see me, I see you, and you see me see you. That's all.
1: (laughs) Your growth spurt happened at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because I I do want to touch on some of the, the things that you have going on. Before I do that, though, there's a song that you and I talked about a couple of days ago by Christina Aguilera. Beautiful. I want to make sure we touch on that. Of course, the song. You are beautiful no matter what they say. Your words can not bring you down. No. I right, let me not carry on because my voice and the tone don't match. <laughs> I have my the intentions, what I hear in my head and what the song sounds like is, is totally different. <laughs> what it
0: sounds like on the outside. <laughs> yeah. So when we had that conversation and you mentioned I don't I hadn't heard that song in like maybe a decade or more. But for me, that song just it just came to mind and when i go back on the lyrics it's it's not your typical empowering song Mm -hmm. but for me it's empowering and it's more reminiscent of real life there are other empowering songs like kathy perry's roar that yes hey and that represents you know my personality some parts of me that i'm trying to get back i'm trying to get more of that fierce back mm-hmm. you go old you mature and you're trying to let go of some shenanigans and you lose your edge. but even though people still know not to try you mm-hmm. but you're like i still need that energy but just not for bad stuff to do good things <laughs> and it's like that kind of like Kathy Perry's Raw song. She's talking about and the Eye of the Tiger. It's girl, yeah, that's me. And I think of my family members, like the personality and the larger-than-life personality, my mom Uncle Paula. These are like big personalities. These are people that yeah. they're forced to reckon with. And Absolutely. I know that at some point in my life, I've been described as that. Someone literally in, I think it was in medical school, described me as a how did that was it like a whirlwind Hmm. yeah he was like I am like like fire is like a moving whirlwind Hmm. because when I get on it I am like if I'm asking you for something I needed yesterday and that's me so imagine when I get feisty or I get angry Mm -hmm. and you add fire to a whirlwind that's how you know and i had to let go of some of that like excessive anger my husband and i we have conversations about it even i was like oh, i'm much better than i was and you know that even like when people knew me in medical school i was like Ugh. and now i'm much better but there's always better than better but it, it's just two things they're empowering you they remember they're speaking to different aspects of your life one of it like that roar now someone who is in a funk I am the eye of a tiger and I going to, you are going to hear me wrong. It, it might do something for some people. It might get some people up, but for some people, they're just like, that's not my reality. What are you talking about? When you're, when you talk about like empathy and sympathy, where sympathy is telling someone, oh, it's going to be okay. Sorry, sorry. But empathy is, I hear you. I understand what you're going through. And this yeah. is the person can feel. And I feel like that Christina Aguilera's beautiful song is like empathy in a song. It's coming to meet you where you are. It's giving you the vibe that you are. Sometimes you need, you need encouragement that matches the vibe that you're in, even though it's uplifting, it's still relatable. I'm in the funk and I just, I don't want to be hearing all this who run the world, girl. Yes, I know girls run the world, but right now you're running shit, okay. But you hear a song that tells you, it doesn't matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter what's going on. You have empty days. You have nights filled with tears. And all of that still, no matter what, in spite of all of that, you are beautiful. And beauty is not just in physical appearance. It's also in our character. And there's beauty also in how we take life on, not giving up, having courage to stand up again, to do it again, no matter how painful it is, having the courage to get up and do more. There's beauty in someone who wants to get healthier and get on a journey to do that, no matter how painful it is there's beauty in that because that person is metamorphing from one stage to another and growth takes pain it takes work it takes a lot of dedication and that is beauty that is something to behold like wow because all the people who are millionaires today when mark cuban comes and he tells his story when this person comes and they tell their story when uncle steve Comes and he tells his story of how he ain't got a dime to his name. He's on the. He goes to call a payphone. He doesn't have enough money to go from. And someone calls him like, "Hey, I got a gig for you. If you can make it here." And you're yeah, just watching how everything is unraveling and how all the moving parts. It's it just it's magical when you're in, when you're envisioning it. Wow. And that is beauty. Being able to go for your goals. Being able to dream. Being able to get up even when it is hard that is beauty and that is you also demonstrating beauty so for me that song because i've also everybody has rough patches and that's the truth so for me i felt like that song even spoke more to the reality of what is going on with everyone and also for women yeah women are doing much much better than like the 80s the 50s the whatever but women are still going through a lot absolutely and sometimes you are even looking like, there are some things that are so much more now that you're like, "She it's not better that we go back to the fifties because cat calling, rejection attacks, date raping, all of these things. You're like, it wasn't even that rampant. People are wild now. People are pushing their desires, their imagination beyond limits. And you just keep discovering newer things with, that people are able to get into. So all of that, they're badgering us. For someone like me, I'm a quadruple minority. I'm Black, I'm African, I'm Muslim. What else? Woman. I don't know. I'm a woman, yeah. yeah. So you go into a space that's PWI or predominantly Caucasian, and you're honestly, you're dealing with multiple entities. And in medicine, they teach us about cultural sensitivities, even though some of those teachings are warped. But it's always interesting because you go into a workplace and they're talking about cultural sensitivity but the real thing is they're talking about cultural sensitivity to white culture Mm. mainstream culture nobody sits down and says we have a new employee who's black we have a new employee who's african who's muslim what are the cultures or what are the things that are pertinent to you that we should know so that everybody should respect nobody nobody says that but but when we all see that, other than now everybody's bringing DI into the workplace and a lot of it is just, oh, nobody really, it's not really talks about like sensitivity to other people's cultures. I've been at jobs where I've had to had face off mm-hmm. with people and I've had to defend people where I'm like, no, this is, she's, she doesn't mean it that way. It's like when an African Nigerian, now we're correcting them, mm-hmm. but an African person tells you, ah, you're adding weight to culturally." <laughs> for us being chubby is a sign of good living so they'll be like ah your cheeks are getting rosy oh they don't mean it bad of course there are some people that mean it to say ah you're losing your shape you're not clinical anymore but for most people especially grandmas older people especially for men when you get married, hey your wife is feeding you or you are getting ready you found peace of mind you're yeah, getting right, right. you know choppier, you're shiny and things like that you tell that to someone here like, and I've ha- and I've had to be in a room where I'm defending someone like no that's not what she means when she says don't call me by this she says call me either doctor this or by my first name don't be mixing things if you find it difficult to pronounce my Long lasting Just call me by this. She's not trying to be disrespectful. Well, because people are in their feelings mm-hmm. for someone else having the audacity to just tell them not to do something the way they want to do it. And I'm like, no. Why are we not looking at her point of view? The person whining or crying and feeling hurt, she's also disrespected. So mm-hmm. we got to look both ways. And so many, so many of these situations. I've been in a workplace, even me personally, where I had to lash out at one guy. Who do you think you're talking to? Because we're in this job, you know, be taking admissions. I work as a doctor. I was working some night shift, and that is lazy. Everybody knew. The funny thing is, everybody knew him. Everybody talks like they mention his name. They tell you, "Ah, be careful when you're a clinical with this person, no." And I'm like, I'm not going to let you be giving me rubbish because it's more unnecessary work. And but the work is not even the issue. Is patient safety. Absolutely. You have to fight for your patient and try to get things done for them safely. Mm-hmm. And be- when you push back, this guy gets nasty. And he started telling me one day about, and eh, how, <sighs> how, shame I shall know that people don't like me in the ER. Ah. Oh. What? Money. Hey. This one does not know who he's talking to. I let him, it... the good thing was, he was on speakerphone. My colleague was listening. Said, eh, people don't like me. That when, when, they, they, they find it difficult to work with me. Of course, that's mm-hmm. the word they use for Black women who know their shit. Uh, if find it difficult to work with you. Oh, really? I was talking. I said, first of all, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to do a job. Number two, I don't remember being told that there is a spokesperson for the entire ER. Mm. You are not a spokesperson. You are a grown adult. They are grown adults. If anybody has an issue with me, they should talk to me or they should talk to my supervisor. I am open to constructive feedback. But you will not come here and try to tell me, people, are we in high school? <laughs> Who do you think you're talking to? He's that in. day, I was livid. I was shaking. When I was done with him, I swear to God, I swear to you when I was done, I had to say my night prayers. I prayed the shy. I stayed on my knees. I was shaking and I cried. Hmm. Because even though I gave it to him a little bit, I didn't give it to him the way ah my isaleco body wanted to give i wanted to rip i wanted to eviscerate him and that is part of the cultural sensitivity that as if i were in nigeria you would not talk to me like that and if you talk to me i will give it to you both let's take it to the cmd i will tell them he has no right to talk to me like that we understand how we talk but in america even though everybody knows that what this person did is egregious or whatever the word is right egregious they Mm -hmm. would still tell you your reaction is overboard because it falls outside of the limit of their norm the typical nigerian person or the typical african person on the phone with a family member at work imagine you get a call from nigeria at work they'll be checking in on you are you okay oh yeah she having me someone
1: we mad aggressive on the phone
0: we i like and we, that's and that's love loud. yeah exactly and, and that's they, don't, love. they don't get us so you <laughs> you just you just have those but that night i just prayed i said god get me out of this situation get me out of this job and god came through because when i was now leaving i said i was leaving the my my supervisor was calling me and then the regional clinical was calling me and what can we do to make you the only thing they could have done was to fire that guy and he it't me the guy had been there 10 years everybody has an issue with him but you will not find him so why is it me right and i told my director guy, because he's Daisy culture and i was like that culture wise there's a clash if he talks to me some type of way the way i would respond everybody's gonna take it like Ooh. Mm. i said so i can't keep taking and keep swallowing or whatever we had that conversation having those experiences are interesting so as a woman who you're visibly Muslim, so like you you are Muslim, Some people don't like you because you're Muslim, Some people don't like you because you're black, Some people, all of these things. And the thing is, the intersection of it all is, we all got shit going on. For instance, Kamala Harris, when she was campaigning for president, one of the things I loved about her campaign was, we can hate each other that you're migrants, you, you got scholarship, you, you are getting free money, you, you, you get privilege. But at the end of the day, when we are going to bed, we are worried about how we're going to pay our bills. Yeah. We're worried about our health. Mm. We're worried about our children. We're worried. About... So whether we like it or not, no matter what, we have commonalities and those are actually those are those things don't change. Right. So right. whether I'm Muslim and I'm dealing with a white woman, white women also have the things they face. Maybe I have additional layers, but it doesn't change it doesn't change what she's facing. Christian woman, it doesn't change what she's facing. So for me, That song speaks to the reality of there's this baseline. It's just this baseline that we got to deal with. Mm -hmm. So having that kind of thing on days where you're not necessarily on your high wave and it rides you down, those kind of things, they remind you there's always a home there, they match your mood, but it gives you positive reinforcement. Like it don't matter what's going on. Mm -hmm. You're good. You're worthy. You're strong and you're beautiful. And then when you take that, you breathe, you take one step out, then you can go and grab the Katy Perry's and the Beyonce's and now use that to climb up, you know, climb up your wave.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I love that you bring that song up, beautiful, because it actually has me thinking of Tinu, my my six-year-old. For the last, I don't know, maybe three years or so, I've noticed that she'll say things that it's, oh my goodness, you're so beautiful, you're so pretty, you're so gorgeous and she'd be like no i'm not and at first mm-hmm. i thought she was how kids at a certain age they, whatever you say it's opposite day and they want to disagree <laughs> So I was like, okay, that's probably what it is. But then I noticed that it was real persistent. And we live in Gwinnett County, probably one of the most diverse parts counties in all of the state of Georgia, and in most counties across the country, really. And but that was something that she was persistent with. So I remember a few years ago when Beyonce came out with a song with oh. "Brown Skin Girl," yeah, with yeah, yeah. We even have hoodies that I need to even start back selling. We were we made that for her birthday. Remember, I remember because it was still in the middle of the pandemic. So we made the shirts and mailed it out to all her cousins and friends. And we did this virtual birthday party and everybody loved the shirts. They're like, oh, where can we buy it? The moms were like, why don't we have it? So we like ended up making, because I was like, I can't afford to be giving all of you people free shit. Yeah. So I printed up a, a few, sold it, and then folks were asking for more. And then I printed up hoodies because folks were asking for that as well. they like, we're coming to cooler weather. So- Anyway, I did that because I thought it'd be a good idea to imprint a visual or something that she can see, especially since she loved that song. But then when I I haven't heard this song in quite a few years, but the moment I heard it and then I went to go watch the video, it was, it was an unpretty, not saying that the people weren't beautiful, but it showed people in the version that you don't see on social media. People always put their best foot forward on social media, but this showed when you wake up and you're like trying to gather yourself, that feeling all of that and I was just like, man, this song really speaks to what I want my child to know that no matter what the people say, no matter the world says that you are beautiful and nothing can bring you down. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to make sure this is now part of our playlist for her to hear it in print those thoughts. So I would not have thought of this song. I would not have remembered this if you didn't bring it to me mm. today for us to hear it and for me to go listen to it. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that because sometimes we forget some of the things that have added value to our lives. And I remember loving this song years ago when it came out. I say that to say thank you. I really appreciate it. But I want to fly through a couple of things because I want to talk about some of the, we talked about the medical field, what you're doing, but we didn't, we haven't talked about some of the perimeter things that you do in the uh, medical field. One of the things that I am absolutely in love with is uh, your outreach program your uh, nonprofit or in Nigeria what we'll call NGO where you provide care to the people in Lagos Island particularly and you provide the the care and through your org- your nonprofit Amal Outreach tell us a little bit about that just really quickly so I can I want to make sure that the world knows what you're doing. Well,
0: like you mentioned, is a nonprofit or NGO. It's registered both in the US and in Nigeria. And we've been operational doing a bit of things here and there since like 2015, but in 2019, 19, 19 20, no, 2020 in 2020, because the program was two years in 2020, we launched a pilot program, which is to provide hypertension and diabetes monitoring community monitoring. For people in the area, we started with a health fair, screened people, and then the people who were positive, we set up a follow-up program for them. And that has been a huge success. We've done like qualitative feedback from Um, our clients we call them clients and they've had very good things to say so much that they're clamoring for us to have a clinic in the area it was part of our plan because part of my personal goals is to build a health system Mm -hmm. that has a very strong primary health like a Kaiser Permanente that has your health financing and care delivery in you know one spectrum it's not somebody's pain and that kind of thing so they're asking for a clinic and I was like oh that good because we also want to so if you want to do something or you want to check if the market needs it if they'll be receptive and before you're even testing for that people are asking me like no you need to have a branch here because mm-hmm. you take care of us already then i now want to see doctor i'll be going to that far place and be queuing and all of that so we've been trying to work on setting up a clinic that is very capital intensive we did like oh, yeah. a soft family and friends launch about a month ago we've raised about four thousand dollars. Yeah. And some funds still keep coming in. I saw someone sent a hundred dollars in today it was Oh happy. yeah. More
1: praise, more praise. Yes. Keep um, sending the money. And and yes. people and that program is because that's it's not directly Amal, it's a subset of Amal Outreach. That's actually yes. your for future for profit organization, EWO, right?
0: Yes. So the name of the new, so the healthcare thing that we're doing has is morphing. We're expanding, adding layers to it, which is health financing. We're doing the community health part, adding health financing and a clinic to it. And those three will come together and they're under the umbrella E. with a spin. It's, an, it's a Yoruba word that just means to check. The first three letters, I-Y-E in there, in Yoruba is, to, is a tonal language. And mm. depending on how you pronounce it, it can mean ye which is to survive or to revive right. um, or to leave. And then iye, iye, Iye. Iye is like another dialect of Iya, which is mother. And mother is nurturing and things like that. So iyewo is... For now, it's a project under Amal Outreach. By God's grace, it's going to spin off as a as as an entity on its own once um, things get to that level, and that is what we're raising funds for right now. Because getting a permanent ish clinic, like a proper structure where you have a full brick and mortar, is cost intensive. Where right now we're just like the main thing is to deliver the care, yeah. Yeah. and the next easiest. Hard to do that is having a pop up clinic. So we're working on doing it four days a week, buy a tent that's sealed, has privacy. We've used the primary school in the past. They are receptive to having us back. So we're working on that. If that doesn't work out, we're still looking for other places that we can set up shop. But I think a pop up clinic, at least for now, will still serve the purpose. It might not be pretty right? But it will still do the work and serve the people. So that's what the Amal Outreach is the non the program that we're launching under that trying to launch under that now is EWO to deliver primary health care because primary health care is very important. Even in the U.S. here, we see it. So many studies have shown countries or people who have primary care, they actually have longer life expectancy. It saves the cost. People who have chronic illnesses, it saves the cost of, cost of care, emergency care visits. And then also people who have a primary care versus people who have only a specialist. Some people have a primary care, but also have a specialist. Mm -hmm. And some people just see a specialist, right? People who see only a specialist actually have worse outcomes than people Mm -hmm. who have primary care. So all of those things, I think because a primary care, a specialist will focus on their specialty, especially, and that study was done, obviously, in the Western or global North, as they call it. Those specialists, especially at global North, Western countries, everybody's pressed for time. But there's still a few physicians who, they will still try to look at other things. But a primary care is, they are looking at everything. Gotcha. And they are coordinating everything. So they are making sure, even though you might be seeing someone for your heart, the primary care is the one who's going to make sure you're you're getting that colonoscopy. Mm. You're getting your mammography. That yes, okay, your heart is good, but they're also making sure your kidneys are good. They're also making sure this is good, that is good. So the primary care takes care of everything. Gotcha. They look at everything. And they're the ones who now tell you, you need to see a specialist. They manage a lot of things. They manage diabetes and diabetes, hypertension, when things are getting a little complex, they refer to the specialists. So that's how that goes. So primary care is really just probably, we don't have enough personnel. So,
1: So I have two questions. The first one is what percentage? of, let me just say Lagosian, since that's where you focus your energy or if it's easier for the whole country, what percentage of people do you think get access or have access to their primary care?
0: I don't even know how to answer that question. So the (laughs) funny thing is Nigeria has, Nigeria, Lagos, nobody really does primary care. Hmm. Primary care, as it should be, is almost non-existent in Nigeria. Mm. There are components of it that are active in different places, like especially when it comes to immunization, at least the country has tried in solidifying childhood immunization. But honestly, outside of immunization, a child, children in Nigeria don't get any scheduled pediatric visits. Mm. You go when something is wrong. Nobody's checking milestones. Nobody's checking that this child is not reading. There's nothing set in stone. Now, for probably people who are relatively, maybe a little more affluent or a bit more, they have, they go to private hospitals. Even those, honestly, they might see the doctor a a few more times than the average person who uses a public hospital. But even them use the pediatrician when there is a problem. Mm. After those scheduled and he needs to get clinical vaccine he needs to get clinical vaccine nobody schedules an annual i even my sister because my sisters my siblings use private hospitals and my best friend lives in nigeria with the kids i will ask her again i don't remember like having like childhood scheduled every year forget about adults who it was with the influx of this new companies like india this indian company Mikure in whatever years ago 12 years ago one of the big hospitals in one of the big hospitals in like on the island negotiations we follow trends so of course maybe day to day we're looking at money making avenues so they will have oh this package diamond package clinical package and they tell you they're screening you they're doing this they're doing that and people didn't the, the people i like, spoke with they weren't doing it or, oh, my doctor recommends that I should do this every year. And it's not even the doctor that recommends it. People hear it. Ah, my friend, Kiniko's mother went to this hospital and got this done. Ah, me too, I'm going to go. eh they will now call. Ah, you have this package, you have this package, you have this package. eh okay, give me this package. That's what you can afford. Or maybe that's what your friend did. Or you want to outdo your friend and you did the one higher. It's not a doctor sitting <laughs> with you and saying, this is your health status. This is what you need. And that's what primary care is about because there is age and age, gender and risk targeted or risk specific Mm -hmm. screenings. Because you and I who are late thirties, early forties, there are things that we should get done. For me as a woman, there are things that I should get done. I should get a pap smear every three to five years, depending on the test I'm doing, I should get it. And when I'm getting to an older age, by the time I get to 50, you should get a colonoscopy. So imagine a fanciful 55-year-old woman who has money in Nigeria. Nobody's telling her you should get a colonoscopy. People are dying of colon cancer in Nigeria. I had a professor in school who died of colon cancer. So Primary care as it sh- is almost non existent in Nigeria and it takes care of a lot of problems. Of course, our people have, I call it divergence of ideas and beliefs with healthcare because we have this thing of, hmm, I was feeling fine. I go to the doctor now, they'll find something. <laughs> no, that's what they will tell you, especially going to the dentist. Yes. They'll be like, I go to, and nothing was wrong with me. Oh, and now when they said that my blood pressure is high, and now when they said my thyroid is doing clinical, they said I have uterine fibrin, the stomach just pain me, it's not, it's not a big deal. They are not telling me mm. I have anemia that my, you know, my period has been heavy and they were just joining all these things, but that's where your body is. Everything is connected and that's what medicine is meant to do. So these are the things that we're really hoping to establish. The hope by God's grace is to have a West African or African wide program because the similarities amongst us on the continent, there's things that we can all benefit from. So that's it's to have a health system. Honestly, my goal and speaking it into the universe is to have, when when you talk about Cleveland Clinic, when you talk about Mayo Clinic. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. When you talk about those hospitals that you hear their name, you hear mass gen. I want to build, you have a, a a that kind of hospital for Nigeria where is it research, is it care-wise? What is it that you want to do? You the pinnacle of health to be able to have it. For awesome bibles we're bringing out
1: people and we can do it i i love that that those are missions of yours and being that i've known you for years i know that this is not something you you take lightly and I, i'm so excited about it let's talk about one 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 more one more at least i want to touch on one more thing and that is your um your launch you just launched your youtube page just recently doodles md and uh that just went live so if you guys go search doodles like d-o-d-l-e-s-m-d that's a derivative from one of your one of your many nicknames that we have for you tell us a little bit about why you launched that again as we can see everything is is in in sync so everything ties into your medical world just to show that this is a real deal for you it's not a job that this truly is something you care about deeply
0: yeah so what gave took me to the point of that light bulb of, I should do this. One, I am a talker. Two, I'm an educator. It's like, I interact with people and people have given me feedback whenever, especially when there's a problem, when you're solving something, when you're doing something like this, there's a teaching, there's a teachable thing in everything that you say or you do and you do it. So I use analogies and I understand you when people ask me medical questions. I believe in breaking things down simply into very simple things, because what I noticed in my practice, again, the journey is, and I noticed in my practice, is many of my patients, I would take time to talk with them. First of all, you connect with people. As a human being, you show empathy. I've had patients who, they're low income, they live in the places where they don't have tajay, they probably don't even have a warm so far from talking about Kroger's and things. So they have those, uh, they shop and save Um, what they call those stores, where all you get is like frozen stuff, Mm. $1.50 frozen stuff and all of that. And they're struggling with their health. And we got to sit down. And I'm like, ma'am, you can't keep drinking pop every night. But guess what? The tap water is not good. And pop is cheaper than bottled water. So what are we going to do? And, and we have these conversations, but and I, I'm just like, I know that sh- it's hard, but how can we do it? And then you're sitting down with people like, okay, maybe you need to buy a water filter. Some people don't even know anything that there's a water filter. Then buy a water filter, you can connect to your tap mm-hmm. or you can buy a jog. And then I'm like, okay, why don't you buy a water filter, jog? That's cheap. You can flavor your water by buying some mint leaves or slicing or squeezing some orange or slicing some watermelon or mm-hmm. pineapple or something to flavor it. And like, go, oh, okay, I'm, I'll try that. And you have, you, I realized that you have conversations with people, you explain it to them and they're like, oh, nobody ever told me like that. Mm. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't, like, you see someone with HIV, everybody tells you your viral load is this, your CD4 count is this. They have no idea what it means. So I'm talking to you and I'm telling you, these things work together. Your virus and your CD4. Your virus, your, the virus, if it's growing, it's attacking your CD4. So if this one is going up, this one is killing this and it keeps pushing it down. And so we got to, and they're like, oh, I didn't know that. You're able to get some people, because some people had the cast a cancer chance. You're able to get some people to commit better to their health. You're able to get people to make healthier choices. So, for me, starting that YouTube channel was helping people to get educated so that they can connect and relate with their issues and the things affecting them better and they can make healthier choices it's not even just in the food it's not even just in the lack of exercise sometimes it's in the air we breathe yes there's studies Mm -hmm. so many things they want to build a, a highway across especially public health they want to build a highway, a new highway and they're doing studies and maybe you have community-based organizations because that is one of the big things that has been going on is community participatory research where you are doing research it's not just some big academic person comes they call it a helicopter or something or parachutes whatever you land you do your research and you go mm. the community is part of it and i remember in one of my mph classes they were talking about like the community was able to fight against an expansion of a highway because the one that was done they did a research of the quality of the air either they compared it before and after or they compared it with an area that didn't have highways and the quality of the air is bad we wonder why i have seen things i remember one of my clinics i saw a 20 the person was under 25 hypertensive my head my my mind was like i for the entire visit i was just like you're actually hypertensive. Yes. And he was like, the person was like, I've been hypertensive since I was 19.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. That's young. 25 that's is young. That's young. So but...
0: imagine that person for 20 something years carrying hypertension. He's lucky he had a primary care who was able to put him on medication. Mm. Now you're looking at all these things and it's not just, your body's not just mad and just decide that, at 19 years old, I'm gonna give you hypertension. Mm-hmm. No, something is making it. Mm-hmm. The noise level, do you live in a city? Is there always noise? Do you have bad air? Just not being, not feeling right with the air you breathe causes stress. Yeah. Your body releases cortisol and it continues to release cortisol. And so you see people are stressed. They are fat, we're abusing them that they are gaining weight, but it starts with where they are living, the amount of job, the amount of sleep, how much they are earning. They keep worrying about it. They're not eating good food. Like it's a cycle and it's people cannot catch a break. So sometimes helping them understand, like I see you and sometimes you're even telling them things that are feeding into that mad cycle that they didn't even know. Yeah. And as hard as it can be, sometimes knowing better and understanding those touch points helps people to break a cycle a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is my goal. Educating people on what is happening, but why. Mm -hmm. Not just what is happening, but why it's happening. Why? Knowing the why is a big difference. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. I know I've called you many times, like, Dr. Doodles. What's going on here? I don't understand. What does this mean? Shoot. The other day we were talking and I I just break off into incessant coughing that you were like, you broke down. You're like, where's it coming from? How's it feeling? Do you have this? Take this, that, any, and as you can see, I'm not holding off any cough right now. So I've gotten better over the past three days just from our conversation. So I know it'll help. I know for me, whenever I go to my doctor's appointment for my annual, they'll take my blood pressure and the number will show up. And then- but then there's no emotion behind it, like high or low. So they just say okay, and they say the number, and I'm just like, is that good or no? And they're like, oh, no, that's good. I'm like, okay, because you didn't give me anything. I was like, maybe she you're don't nervous. Have to
0: ask is that good? Yes.
1: <laughs> and so she's like, no, no, you're. And one one nurse, whenever she, ta- she was like, for the last six years, every time you come in, it's always good. I was like, I don't ever remember. She's yeah, but every time we talk, you ask the same. Person. I was like, I just want to make sure. She's you're good. I was gonna tell the doctor anyway, but you're good. But it's funny because now I'm like, oh man, I can now plug into your show, and I'll be sending questions like, "Am my friend wants to know about." So just know I am my friend. Whenever I say my friend,
0: a <sighs> paf asking for a friend.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm so glad that you have all of these things going on. Not to talk about you and Hubby just working so well in in tandem and a lot of the projects that you have going on. So Kola, this is my shout out to you, bro. I know you're holding the fort down in, in DC right now. But yeah, no, I, so I'm excited about that. I love the fact that you touched on some of these songs. I told you earlier I had two questions. I only asked you one, but in the middle of your response, you actually answered the second. That's why I didn't answer oh, ask okay. a second question cuz i know somebody's probably watching like you only ask one question i know she answered but yeah no i love the fact that we were able to to chat about these things and troop transparency for those of you watching this is a repeated recording because doc and i recorded and somehow i messed up the recording so she was gracious enough to come back and join me to re-record a couple of days later which i'm so grateful mm-hmm. for cuz uh we know you're already out of town doing god's work wherever you are so thank you for joining me again did you have any oh where can we find you on social media i know we talked about this earlier do we find you at amal outreach on instagram or the other one
0: doodles md so my nonprofit is at amal outreach that is a-m-a-l Outreach together, one word. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and then my health education platform is on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel, oh. hey, hey, and hey. it's called Doodles MD, mm-hmm. Doodles Space MD. And it's a spin because you've been calling me Dr. Doodles, but we decided to put the MD. So it's not confusing. Like what kind of doctor I am? MD. But we'll probably provide a link because when you Google Doodles MD, like the first bajillion thing is poodles and cute dogs. Damn. And it's very cute, but I'm like, I can't find myself. Yeah. But yeah, definitely yeah. when you go to our Instagram page um, or our Twitter handle, you would find our YouTube link there. Doodles MD, D-O-O-D-L-E-S md together and that is our instagram handle and the one on twitter just has uh, underscore yeah at the end because somebody has taken to those MD. i'll make
1: sure i in the on the screen i plan to tag your amal outreach on this Mm -hmm. video so people can see it and hopefully we'll be able to link back to everything else from there as well i'll try to put some stuff in the comments below but I appreciate you joining me. Thank you for sharing your time with us in the music Thank and nostalgia you. community here. Because we got to go down memory lane on a few, quite a few joints. But I'm definitely hanging on to beautiful. It's going to be on my rotation because I, I really appreciate it. And I will certainly be rocking to roar because sometimes after we have woken up, then we can roar. So we'll definitely yes. be doing that combination of songs. Thank you for joining me guys i appreciate you continuously being a part of the music and nostalgia community here where we share love i appreciate your time and your attention just remember share this comment, do everything subscribe make sure that the world knows that music and nostalgia exists so they can join you on this journey of beautiful memories so remember whatever you're going through that no matter what your issue or challenges are the joy is always in the journey So let's keep living. Thank you guys for joining me.
0: Take care and goodbye.